Today's conversation is part two of two in our final conversation on slut shaming. Uh, we try and wrap things up and round them out today. And as always, thanks very much for listening. We hope you enjoy. So maybe there's a maybe there's a way to think about this word slut then differently. Like maybe it's a kind of indication of the border of that particular community. Like in a certain mm. community, mm-hmm. that word mm. slut has has weight. Um, like in the in the, in the imagined in the one I imagined in the in the household with the with the father who's like quick to take mm-hmm. off his belt. Like maybe maybe that's the use of that word is a kind of signal to to us that you're entering or yeah about to enter um, this uh, a particular kind of community and maybe in another one where that word is not used you that's the indication like I guess what I'm getting at is in a, in a fumbling mm. way is like we should also look at these terms as indications of where we are in space in social mm. space I mm. I like that. And yeah, I also yeah, feel sure. like that particular tool, here's the way I think, one of the ways I think about using the word slut as mm. a way to police behavior, it feels like ultimately the loss of control, whether it's your children or whether it's um, someone that you know, you're trying to, you're at your last, you're on your last wits, you're like, mm. you're a slut. <laughs> She's just mm. a slut. And you can use it sort of like lightly or you could use it with venom. In your example about the 12-year-old girl who, or 13-year-old girl who's having sex, it feels like the borders of, I, I believe, and I agree with communities have guidelines. They're not all good, for sure. Yeah, definitely not. For sure. But what they do is like it feels like it's a breathing, living thing where people realize that the children that they have are not them. And that although we want to protect our children and men and women, right? Because we're on the one hand, we're not calling our boys sluts. We're not doing that. We're actually encouraging them, you know, to go out and have as much sex as they want or just be a man, you know, however basic or um, vague that can be. But we're thinking about girls. And so I was wondering, what is it about this term that is freighted and weighted? And what does it... Like it means it feels like I like this idea of where you are in this positionality. So if you're Mm -hmm. a slut, then you're you're leaving safety. You're leaving uh, respectability. Don't do that. Come back here. And that flat way in which Jamaica Kincaid, and I can imagine her reading that piece, um, would say it because she could be very emotionalist. And by the way, she's actually quite a wonderful person. Like when Mm. I read her stuff versus her in person, I'm like, wow, is this where it goes? Mm. Mm. (laughs) You know, because. Because, you know, my, my my thing is that she's so warm and, and effusive. And then mm. her writing is, can be very, very cold and very mm. direct. And I think it's about safety, mm. you know, in that regard. But I want to get back to slut shaming. I was thinking it just feels like someone throwing up their hands. Well, we're all trying to be good. Mm. And here you are over here fucking everything. Or I, we mm. think you're fucking everything mm-hmm. um, over here. And, you're, and you're, you, you're making us look at ourselves differently. We don't want to do that. Because we just want to be right. Yeah, I hear that. That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I, th- I think the last thing you called out sounds spot on, which is that, you know, the father in this, you know, sort of Seth's kind of EG father, you know, is mm-hmm. the the issue is how it reflects on him, right? How it right. reflects on the, his household, right. his family. Absolutely. Like, so it's less about his that possession. Girl yeah. than it is about yeah. him. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, you know? I think that's a great point. Yeah, I think right. no, no, absolutely, and I do think that women bear the the weight of that, oh, absolutely, um, uh, disproportionately uh, to men for sure. And and, I mean, I, and, and if we're going to talk about the origins, and I think we, we we might move into that. That that seems like a really rich vein to explore. My reading of this is going to be a bit jaundiced, I think, because of the way I grew up. Uh, again, in that ultra conservative Christian household, I think part of the reason that women are subjected to the term in a way that men are not is mm-hmm. uh, I want to use the word inherent, but I don't think that's the right word. But it's it, it's it's definitely historically formed um, and inflected very very heavily by the major religious traditions of Islam mm. and and Christianity, which from the get go treated and Judaism, women, yeah. In Judaism, treated women as a problem, treated women as like the sort of fly in the ointment, right? Like it was Eve's fault, right? (laughs) That that Adam fell, uh, and ultimately, you know, the human species fell um, because she 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 wanted a bite of the apple. And I think there's a similar construction of the feminine or um, women in Islam and in Judaism. I, I'm not sure, but I, I, I defer to, especially, I mean, to both of you, but especially to Travis on this, because you, know, you did your freaking PhD work um, on some of this. Yeah, so I, I, it's all of them. It's not just Judeo-Christian. I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, uh, in the Chinese national religion, whatever, you, you know, it's it's hard to call it a religion, mm. uh, but it is absolutely, I mean, there are religious components to the Chinese identity historically. Mm. Uh, women were denigrated in mm-hmm. the same way. Buddhism did the same thing. Women mm-hmm. are polluted and all this kind of right. stuff. Mm-hmm. In Hinduism, you know, you, I mean, one of the most famous, you know, one of the most famous uh, stories is uh, the Ramayana and, you know, the, the woman in the Ramayana is punished for oh man it's been so long since i've read it but anyway without going too far without too many ums and trying to reconstruct the story <laughs> of ramayana i can just safely say that they're all freighted with that you know which to me rather than you know rather than just sort of a flat oh see the history of patriarchy mm-hmm. well what is the history of why that is why why is that done what is the biological Sociobiological underpinnings for how how human societies have attempted to constrain sexuality, relating to you know like how many mates there are and stuff like that. Mm. So rather than rather than just give it kind of a flat like sort of weighted political interpretation, I would want to go back to some sort of more elemental or basic anxieties that we have around. Uh, mortality around reproduction around you know sort of the the means of repro you know it, obviously women can uh, are the only ones that can give birth paternity is never in question you know as far as who someone's mo- I'm sorry maternity is never in question paternity is always, always an issue question. oh absolutely yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know and we've we, we've sort of talked about about that before I do think you know so I, I wouldn't rather than reaching you know sort of seeing the long arm of patriarchy i would rather frame it in more positive terms in that as we have learned more about being human and as we have continued to parse human societies and liberate human societies 
from kind of the physical yoke of our animal bodies, mm-hmm. uh, we've become more libertine, men and women, mm-hmm. right? This is not just, it's not just men who are saddling women with slut shaming, right? This is right. women too, maybe right. even primarily in certain contexts. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I agree. Absolutely. And, and we have gotten better about that. And those, those things, those things have been improvements. Although, you know, I think Stephen had brought this up at the very beginning. We had sort of talked about this last time, you know, like in thir- fourth wave fem- feminism, I guess, is what Stephen had called it, you know, with the Me Too movement. Because I'm an expert, so, but go ahead. Yeah, right. no, no, it's fine. It's fine. But, <laughs> no, no, but I, appreciated that, I, I appreciated that you called it that. So, I mean, you know, if we want to bring the history into the conversation, let's bring it like right up to today. Mm. And is the Me Too movement a libertine movement? Is it something that like, so I, I, let me, let me just say something probably slightly more controversial. I don't know that there is any, I don't know that I see anything wrong with a woman using her body to get ahead in the world if that's what she chooses to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I of course don't want there to be a system in place in which men or people in power can use their social position to leverage that for sexuality. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't want that. I think those people should be in jail, you know, full stop. Mm -hmm. But we don't live in that world. And so the idea of a woman leveraging her sexuality to get ahead because of some, you know, dipshit male that can't see past his own dick, like, I don't know that I have a problem with that. Mm. Except that it's never, it's never just that action. It's never just mm-hmm. the woman mm-hmm. using her body to get ahead. There's all these sort of knock-on effects, right? So that... Like what? Like, uh, for instance, what would be an example of, of what you mean? Okay, so um, Matt Lauer, NBC. Okay. Well, so it's uh, continued behavior on the male. Uh, well, not only that. Not only, not only does it like sort of aid and abet that kind of... Mm-hmm. predatory behavior on the part of Matt, but Matt Lauer, but like the woman who later, and I think you told me this anecdote, Travis, that there's a woman when it all came down, when it was all falling down mm-hmm. uh, around his ears that he'd done this thing and he had this, he'd done, the, he's had these affairs and he had this button in his office where he could sit at his desk mm-hmm. and lock yeah. the door. Yeah. Yeah. No. Some woman who worked with him ha- and had, has had a few sexual encounters with him later said that she felt pressured or whatever to she blacked out she didn't remember it she didn't remember but you said to me travis like you didn't buy it and you know that her husband didn't buy it because he divorced her ass so the knock-on effect of using your body to get it to get to get leverage into your career or whatever to, to get a leg up in the world Mm-hmm. is that you will affect your personal relationships. You will also add to the sort of general quotient of, of social understanding that women are inseparable from their sexualized bodies. Mm-hmm. There's, so there's a knock-on effect. Yes, there's, there's fallout from that. There's, mm-hmm. it's not ju- it can't just be isolated woman using her body because just guys around her are problematic and, they, and they're mm-hmm. dumb. Um, it has, it has a knock on effect. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. I mean, I, you know, it's really, I mean, in my example, it's, it's really impossible to parse out Mm -hmm. the social power dynamics Mm -hmm. that make something like that Mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and this sort of theoretical 
liberty that a woman could have to transact on her body. So I get that. And I I think that's a fair, um, I think that's a fair critique. Let me give a counter example though. Okay. Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Do we not know who Kim Kardashian is because she decided to fuck famous people? And now she's turned that into fucking an, famous people into an empire. Into, yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, this is a woman who's transacted mm-hmm. initially, mm-hmm. initially yeah. transacted on just, you know, her physical attractiveness and willingness to give blowjobs and fuck on camera. Right. right? Mm-hmm. right. In, a, in a kind of illicit, you know, I'm right. not getting paid for it. So I'm not a porn star. So you kind of save yourself. For, I mean, she had enough savvy to know I shouldn't get paid for this. Right. But she got paid for it. Right. Right? I mean, right. she's still getting paid for well, it. Well, it's not right? the only thing she's being paid for, right? So No, no, no. no. I'm saying mm. I'm saying she used that to get ahead. Right. And and I and I think that and that's so damage not control. A dis- still damage control. I'm sorry. Damage control or a little bit more um I want to k- kind of get a sense of your your thoughts about it whether or not it was a good thing or a bad thing or just a thing. I th- I adm- I admire her for that. Okay. Like I think I think the fact that she transacted on, you know, I mean, so whatever she was born into wealth or whatever, but she understood that you know she wanted a kind of social power, mm-hmm. and so she did what she needed to do okay. using the tools that she had to get ahead. But then didn't stay there, right? She didn't just stay someone's trophy wife. She's not Kanye. I mean, she's nearly as famous as Kanye West is. So. A- 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 uh, that would be an example of someone yeah, who enough. initially mm-hmm. just transacted on her body, slept her way to the top, and then built a multi, multi-million dollar empire out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I don't, I can, I've never watched an episode of the Kardashians in my life. Nothing happens. <laughs> it's 10 years. Nothing happens. <laughs> you, you ain't miss shit. Yeah. And I but don't mean that in a people. negative way. I just mean really nothing happens. <laughs> Let me just clarify. Let me just clarify um, for y'all. Mm-hmm. I've never watched an episode either, but I have seen clips on YouTube, and I think I could just stomach. I think maybe six minutes, and mm. and you're right, Stephen. In that six minutes, like nothing the fuck happened except somebody threw their phone down on the ground angrily. I just, I, I it's just bizarre. But that's the genius of it because mm. it in, it enraptured and encapsulated and it got much hate watch. From people who wanted mm-hmm. to be just like the Kardashians. Right. Yes. Shop, absolutely. Talk about clothes all day, whatever. Yes. Eat, yes. go out to eat. I mean, it's a really, it, it, it needs to be parsed a lot, much more differently than it is now, which is, oh, it's frivolous. Oh, when is it coming on? You know, that kind of thing. It needs to be <laughs> a little bit more than that because it's telling <laughs> us again about us rather than them in some cases. I agree. Yeah. And, and in fact, I mm-hmm. was at a party in Brooklyn years ago, and mm-hmm. there's a woman who I think was working in fashion or working in television or something. I, I, I really liked her energy. I thought she was very smart, and she was very matter-of-fact. And we had gotten onto the subject of the Kardashians, and she said, she just encapsulated it for me. She said, so there's this, there's this scene where Kim is for no reason on her couch wearing a fur coat. It's like summer. <laughs> Yep. She's inside and she just has on this white fur coat while she's just on the phone, like, like doing something with her calendar. And she said, you know, this bitch is in her fur coat for no other reason than to make other people jealous that they do not have a fur coat. 
Oh, see, that's a bit much. That's a bit much. I'll mm. say, it. I don't know if it's jealousy. It's ex- ex- it's the it's within her lane to me. Mm. Kim Kardashian's lane is excess. Yeah. Excess, right. Right. Yeah. Excess, right. 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 And for people to feel like she's doing it to make them jealous, she's trying to get them to watch and mm. click. But That's the, what she's trying to do. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think that she's, I don't think the woman was critiquing Kim so much as critiquing us as saying, we, she knows, mm. Kim knows mm-hmm. that watching this, that other women are going to want to have her lifestyle, want that fur coat in the summer. So she's doing <laughs> that, trading on the fact that people will be not jealous in that, oh, I'm going to hate that bitch. I want to stab her. No, but more like jealous, like, God, I want what she has. Like, mm-hmm. I want that kind of social status. I'd even go deeper and say, I want to be her. That's what right. I'd say. Yeah. That right. I think some yeah. people right. come with right. that. You know, right. um, that cultural right. currency is, I mean, it's not new to Kim Kardashian, you know, in terms of that kind of thing. She's just the latest incarnation of somebody sure. on television or in film that somebody goes, I wish I had that. Right? Yeah. The Kardashians, though, they go a little bit deeper because for 10, was it 10, 15 years? They're about to go off the air now. And. <laughs> She again, what Travis said, she has a multi million dollar empire. Yeah. So, what does the Me Too movement mean to Kim Kardashian? Right. Right. You know, I mean, like, I just, uh, the. I've never seen those two linked. Interesting. Do you know? um, Have you guys read anything or seen anything or talk about the Me Too movement? No, I'm. What I'm saying is that Kim Kardashian, I think, Kardashian, sorry, um, puts a little bit of color and context on the sort of scolding that surrounds the me too movement. Mm -hmm. And, and where I, I, you you know, Steven, you put it in the tradition of, of feminism, you know, in fourth wave feminism, Mm -hmm. I, it does not to me on, you know, my sort of my reading of the movement, it does not contain this, the the same kind of liberated power that uh, first, second, and third wave feminism contained. Like to me, mm-hmm. it feels well. Anyway, it just it doesn't it doesn't have. The, I mean, I, the, I'm thinking the, the the example rather than just sort of dancing around it. The example I'm I'm thinking about is the um, uh, it's the famous uh, French actress and feminine. I don't know if it was Camille Paglia. No, it wasn't Camille Paglia. No, she's, uh, she's not French. Um, she's American. Um, yeah, she's not um, a feminist. But, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she's definitely not. So, so oh, she was. I mean, formally though. I mean, so she was early on in her career, yeah, but, um, and then she disavowed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, and I'm forgetting the name. Uh, anyway, is this Simone de anyway, Beauvier? A, Simone de Beauvier? Or? Uh, no, no, it's, this is contemporary. They wrote a letter, mm-hmm. like basically, uh, basically they wrote a letter that was critical of the Me Too movement, oh. and you know, and sort of the ways in which you know the sort of the the culture of consent that yes. that sort of is wrapped around the Me Too movement, and yes. and how many times do you have to say, you know. Like, what is the woman's responsibility in a sexual encounter? You know, right. this kind of thing. Right. And and their critique was um, was slammed. I mean, just absolutely, completely yeah. and totally disavowed. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, and I would go back to the Aziz Ansari example. Yeah. Although I think it's possible that even people in the Me Too movement felt they had gone a little bit too far because that was right around the time mm-hmm. that the attention to that movement started to wane Mm. um or you know and the same thing with louis ck you Mm -hmm. know this kind of stuff like 
There, if you are a woman that is on equal footing with a man, you have a responsibility to acquit and conduct yourself as a free agent in the world right. when you are in situations in which you can exercise that power. Right. Now, that's not all situations. You might be threatened to be fired by your boss. That's wrong, etc. But, you know, I don't want to relitigate the varieties of stories around right. the YouTube movement. I don't really see the point of that. But it doesn't feel the same to me. The, the movement does not so, feel the same. So when I want to add something. Like Gloria very, Steinem, things like that. Sorry. Yeah, I want to add to that very briefly is because I was reading about reading this Time article this morning whose title mm. is They Don't Want to Include Women Like Me. Sex mm. workers say they're being left out of the Me Too movement. And this was two mm. years ago. And they were speaking with a 36-year-old mm. Baltimore resident who she goes, they don't include women like me who's been working as a prostitute in a new nude uh, webcam model for some time. They'll just say we're all whores anyway. How can you sexually assault a whore? I've had that said to me multiple times. So Damn. I wonder if that's Damn. part of what we're, um, what might be kind of, I don't know what you're thinking, Travis, but for me, no, no, that's helpful. I that's like the complicated helpful. and nuanced ways in which we can look at the Me Too movement. Because I was actually looking for examples of, and this is why I was looking at feminism over the waves of feminism, and where the body is a part of it, and it feels like it maybe started in the eight, uh, the the second wave and the third wave, where there was just more. Mm. The third wave was like some fo- women were saying they didn't want to be called feminist because it felt too exclusionary. I mean, and it didn't mm. feel like it was talking about everybody. But that right. was a tenet that Black and Latino and other um, non-white feminists were talking about in the sixties. Mm-hmm. But they were so they either used the term or didn't use the term, but they were very thoughtful in terms of their political platforms. Mm-hmm. The sex, the sexual agency part, I think, is all interesting because I feel like we're always living in multiple movements at one time. Mm-hmm. And that I remember saying to you, it, the front-facing part of it does feel like it, we don't want to conflate someone's sexual agency and them putting it out there along with saying, "Don't fucking touch me." I said, "No, we can't mm-hmm. conflate those things." And I was picking up a little bit at a little bit of that uh, two weeks ago when we were talking, mm-hmm. and I was curious about. I'm still going to look for it, even though we're probably going to stop talking about this particular subject. But it made me think: of course, there are women who have sexual agency, and of course, there are women who are talking about se- se- sexual liberation. But when I see Rose McGowan and other women who are, are the, so, the I want to say, so-called leader, not in a negative way, but in a you know, they're just people see them as fi- fi- uh, figureheads for the movement. They're not talking about that. So I can mm-hmm. see why that might be the case, but are there other instances, Travis, that you can name where you just saw, you were seeing that they were just talking about the abuse and about consent, but not talking about what you're talking about, which is sexual agency it, within that argument. Are you seeing any mm-hmm. examples of that? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that I can, I quite follow the very end, but I, th- I think I grok the, the, the thrust of what you're asking, which okay. is, uh, I, I, I agree with what the distinction that you made uh, um, earlier in your comment that these are not the same thing, sexual agency and being able to have the agency to say, don't fucking touch me. These, we should not mix these two things up because mm-hmm. you can have both. No, absolutely. <laughs> in, fact, in, in fact, one, one should, one should include both, right? Being mm-hmm. able to say yes is being able to say no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's, that's the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying my examples of where there seems to be a diminution in female sexual agency are 
the Aziz Ansari example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the um, uh, Louis C.K. example, uh, not Harvey Weinstein, not Matt Lauer. You know these. Not you know, Bill Cosby. Uh, not no, de- no. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. No, yeah. I mean these people are criminals, right? Right. right? So I mean Matt Lauer. I'm not sure if he's a criminal, but the others certainly are criminals. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but it feels like the movement definitely latched on to these other examples of just women being bad at saying what they want Mm. and women of, and and it's not, it's not a man's responsibility. It's not another, let's take the male female thing out of it. It is not another human's responsibility to make up for your lack of ability to own your agency and, and and if we say if we do that, if we place the onus on men, all we've done is, I would argue, return to a sort of white knight fifties version yeah. of male responsibility vis-a-vis female sexuality. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and that—that's the part that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Like, if be, yeah. Anyway, so I don't. I need to add to that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, the thing that I would like to see, but you know, I I, I have to add a disclaimer that. I don't know that I'm paying close enough attention to these conversations mm-hmm. uh, to know that whether the thing that I'm about to talk about is actually happening. But I would like to to hear or see people bringing that to the table of public discourse. The idea that that one of the things that Me Too movement should be doing is getting people to more robust more fully and robustly express their own agency. So women, and and I don't know, it feels like the right now Me Too is weighted more towards sort of saying men should not be doing this as opposed to the sort of positive, uh, affirmative action of saying something like, here's what we can be doing to understand our own agency and our own power. Here's how we can express that. Here's how mm-hmm. we can cultivate that in ourselves. I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know. I'm not, maybe not, I'm not paying enough attention to these conversations to know whether this is, is this happening not, now or not. But And those conversations may not make it to the media. They might be on True. blogs or maybe on sure. social media, True. you know, that kind of thing, but may not be True. making it because who wants to hear that? We're talking about, you know, it's a clicks. You know, yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. I'd like to, I mean, as Stephen just reminded us, we're coming up on time. I'd like to give Stephen the last words that she sort Ooh, of let perfect. us into it. I do, I, I do, I do want to say though that, of course, what you just said is right. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, and, and that, that would be, that would be a shortcoming of my own position on this. You know, I, I know what is kind of in the, like the very surface of the zeitgeist around the Me Too movement. I'm sure. I am positive that the conversations and the complications that you're talking about, of course, are mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. within them. Of mm-hmm. course, they are. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. please, Stephen, you want to? You want to? Yes, this is going to be. Up? So, I have an anecdote. It's from a movie by John Waters, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who is always satirically like you know, you know, blowing up stuff, which is really funny. So, in one of his more recent, or actually not recent films, 2004's "A Dirty Shame." It's all about a woman coming to learn that she's going to be like one of the 12 disciples <laughs> and learn a new sexual position, right? A new way to orgasm. 
Anyway, mm. there's a character in the film that he always, this actress, she uses over and over again. She's trying to convince people that they can become virgins again. And she talks about it like this. I found the script online. <laughs> and she's talking to two lesbians. And she goes, I tell you, this virginal operation works. Even the most skeptical man will be convinced. And then she goes, the restored version fills a gelatin capsule with blood and inserts it into her vagina just before intercourse. When she has sex for the first time, the hymen will pop. You'll be a virgin for the second time. That's the insanity <laughs> of trying to control a woman's body wrapped up for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's the idea of being thought of or seen as or, or performing virgin, virginity because mm-hmm. it has um, currency, Mm-hmm. And because it matters to people. So it's mm-hmm. insane. When I saw that, I was like, what is she talking about? That's a thing, by the way. So it is a thing. What? What? <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. I wish, the only thing I would say to you is I wish you had used that example earlier because I think you, uh, I think you uncovered a huge uh, expanse of terrain around, of course, you know, the, the virgin, mm-hmm. right, is, is really, mm-hmm. I mean, really what... The slut is mapped onto. So right. I, yeah. It, we, it's yeah, a great, yeah. We could have been talking about that. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, next time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, as always, my friends, thank you very much for the conversation. Thank, thank you. Thank you.